0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, 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 how are we? I hope everybody that celebrates had a nice Thanksgiving. Mine was lovely. I went to the shore. I went to uh, Julia's parents' house and we just had a nice Thanksgiving. We had some oysters because Julia and her husband have an oyster farm business and we always eat fresh oysters and the turkey was good and it was just good. It was, you know, no big deal, which is personally how I like holidays. But yeah, I hope you all had a good holiday. Oh, I do want to say if you are into movies, you should try and go see Glass Onion in theaters this week. It's a follow-up to Knives Out. I thought it was so funny. I actually liked it better than the first one. I was in like a packed theater. Everybody was laughing. I haven't been in like a good packed theater like that in so long. It's only out for a week for... <laughs> I don't I don't really get it. Like, I they put it out for a week so it can be awards eligible. Like, it has to do like a certain run in theaters to be eligible for awards. And I understand that Netflix wants people to subscribe to them so they make money. But like, I don't, wouldn't they make more money if they did like an actual full run of this movie and made like a hundred million at the box office? It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it, but it's out for a week. So if you can see it this week, I highly recommend seeing it. I think I'm going to go see The Fablemans tonight. Uh, the the new Steven Spielberg movie about his childhood. So yeah, I've been into going to the movies lately. <laughs> Anyway, hi. Uh, If you want to hear more from me, please go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I did a Sister Rives episode this week. God, Sister Rives is so good. Uh, I think upcoming this week, I'm going to do a Wife Swap episode. And I have some fun stuff in the pipeline. Is that how you say it? down? I don't know. I have some fun stuff coming up. I keep thinking of ideas and writing them down because there's a lot of stuff I uh, haven't covered. I feel like in some ways I've covered everything, but then I'm constantly thinking of things I haven't covered. Like I need to do an episode on Bethany and Carol's fallout on Real Housewives of New York. I need to rewatch that whole season and do an episode on it. Like (laughs) there's many things to talk about. (laughs) Oh, I also wanted to mention um, I am doing Operation Santa again this year. If you're new here to Feathers of My Hair, which I don't know, feels impossible that anybody is like just finding this podcast. But if you're somehow new to Feathers of My Hair, every year I adopt letters from USPS Operation Santa and I raise money via the podcast. And then I go out and I like do all the shopping and the mailing and everything. I think last year we raised $5,000 maybe. I'd have to double check. But basically, I just have everybody send me money via like Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, which all, once I adopt the letters, I'll put all of that information out. So it's super easy to find. And you can send me $5, $20, whatever. You can of course adopt your own letters from USPS Operation Santa. But for some people, it's just easier to send some money. So I adopt as many letters as possible. I shop for them. I fulfill the orders. And then if I have extra money, which I have had for the last couple of years, I have been going on um, One Simple Wish, which is a website that aggregates wishes for kids that are in foster care or adults who have aged out of the foster care system. And I like fulfill those wishes. I really like it because it's not just like shoes and coats. Like they allow the kids to wish for anything. And I love being able to fulfill like a kid getting an expensive video game or an art set or just things that they probably wouldn't have access to. I really like being able to do that. I think last year we bought someone a fridge, like a a 20 something person, a fridge. Uh, so yeah, usually I put the rest of the money towards One Simple Wish. I'll probably do that again this year uh, unless I find something else that I want to send the money to. So yes, Operation Santa is coming. Uh, adoption letters starts on Monday and I always try and do it right away so that I can get, that sounds sick to say, so I can get the best letters because <laughs> that's not that's not like how I think of it, but I can get the letters that speak to me the most because they the letters go quickly. So yeah, Operation Santa coming up. I'll post about it. Follow me on Instagram, feathers underscore pod, and you'll be able to see the letters and all the information on how to donate. Okay, besides that, what's up? We are going to talk about the two most recent uh, Teen Mom Next Chapter episodes. There is a little bit of news. It's not really news. I just like saw this story and I want to talk about it. That Kale, okay, Kale on her podcast, which you guys know I do not listen to unless for some reason I really feel like I need to tune in. I did not listen to this, but I read about it on the Ashley. Uh, I guess Kale talking about the fact that her and Javi are like very off right now, which makes total sense to me because Javi's back with Lauren. And I think when things are good with Javi and Lauren, things are really bad with Kale and Javi. Like I and I think Javi does that on purpose. Like I think that's the way that he likes it. I think he likes the people in his lives to have drama and to be fighting over him Um I I think it like excites him and he likes the idea of like Kale being mad about Lauren or Lauren being mad about Kale. And I'm sure next time he and Lauren break up, because they will break up again, he'll be right back to being best friends, fucking whatever, Kale. So Kale said that Lincoln said to her last week, something along the lines of like, you know, you and dad get along really great, and then you don't get along great, and it's upsetting and it's exhausting. And this was Kale's response to him. <laughs> This is what Kale herself says that she said. I said, unfortunately, that's between me and your dad, but you need to focus on you and football. But he can't because he wants his parents to be friends. He wants them to get along at the very least. And it's hard. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) okay. First of all, I know that Kale isn't the best person at emotions. I know that. Um, and As I've always said, Kale is the most frustrating person on the show or formerly on the show because she has such an awareness of what she's doing and yet a complete inability to stop herself from doing it. Like the fact that she gets on her fucking podcast and she's like, yo, (laughs) Lincoln is upset. Like Javi and I doing our back and forth thing really upsets Lincoln. And by the way, she's sharing this. Even though Javi, whenever they're like in an offstage, will like repeatedly beg Kale to not mention him on her podcast. And she's like, well, what do you want? Like, it's my podcast. Go fuck yourself. She truly doesn't care about what he wants, which I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of go back and forth on that. I mean, I personally, if somebody in my life was like, can you stop talking about me on your podcast? I would, but this is also not a podcast about my life. Her podcast is just about her and Lindsay Crisley's life, though I don't think they're talking that much about Lindsay Crisley's parents getting so much fucking jail time. Can you guys believe that? If you don't follow Z-list celebrity news, which I feel like you probably do because you listen to Feathers in My Hair, one of my favorite things about this like Feathers in My Hair community is how our interests are so shared. Like, if you still care about Teen Mom in the year of our Lord 2022, soon to be 2023, there is a good chance that you care about like a lot of the other things that I care about. And I watched early seasons of Chris Lee Knows Best. That's definitely a show that I did not keep up with once I stopped watching live TV, as I often talk about on here. I definitely was not like seeking out Chris Lee Knows Best, but I watched that show for the first couple seasons. And Todd, Chris Lee, and his wife, Julie jewelry. <laughs> Julie were arrested on um like fraud charges. They did very similar to Teresa and Joe uh, Judice. They had like defrauded banks by lying on loan applications and taxes and just they stole a lot of fucking money, like a lot of money. And they were sentenced this week. They went to trial. They didn't plead guilty, which I've been seeing this thing. Okay. I just want to touch on this real quick. I've been seeing this thing that if the feds arrest you, you are guilty. You will go to jail. You will not win the case. I don't like that. I I want people, I challenge people to stop saying that because it's really copaganda. Like it, the feds are not infallible. Do they have an extremely high like success rate when it comes to convicting people? Yeah, they do. And you can say that, but there's a difference between being like, oh, if you get arrested by the feds, like that's bad news because the feds usually wait till they have a ton of evidence and they have a high success rate. And the fed, if you get arrested by the feds, you're guilty and you're going to jail. No, stop saying that because first of all, it's not true. There are people that beat federal cases. I personally know someone who recently beat a federal fucking case who was looking at, Many, 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 many years who pled no contest to actually, I don't know if it was no contest. It was it basically like he pled guilty in a way that like it goes off his record eventually to like something that barely exists. He essentially faced no legal consequences. <laughs> Did he face personal consequences? Yes, he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars defending himself he I mean, it was a fucking nightmare. His business shut down. He had to sell his home like just an absolute fucking nightmare. It it was so fucked up. It was my old boss. I actually cried when I got the news uh, of the deal because I don't think that he was guilty of what they said he was guilty of. I think he made some stupid decisions and got himself in a stupid position. And I found the way the feds handled the whole thing to just be fucking disgusting. I mean, this was like a 70 something year old Man, an attorney who has never been in trouble a second in his life, and they arrested him in a full SWAT team style that they this is in Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> they blocked off both sides of the streets at 5 a.m. They kicked his door in. They had a hundred people there. They went into his home. They pulled him out of bed. This 70 something year old man, like when literally all they had to do was call and be like, Hey, you need to turn yourself in. You're under investigation. We're going to arrest you. And he would have went and turned himself in. He was an officer of the court. Like he's a lawyer. You got absolutely like, it was just such a fucking show for absolutely no reason. Like, I don't know. Why? The waste of money. You know, it was just ridiculous. But like if you had been like, oh, well, he got arrested by the feds. It's over. He's going to prison for for the 50 years that he is facing. That's not what happened. And it's just we need if you are a person that cares about criminal justice reform in general, which I think many people who listen feathers my hair care about criminal justice reform. I just, we need to stop saying that if the feds arrest you, you're going to prison and that you are guilty of what they're arresting you of because it's just not always true. Okay. side that's my little, like, just be careful with the words that you're saying, which is always something that I'm trying to do. I've definitely said that about the feds before. I absolutely have. And then I was like, why am I repeating this? Like, I... I'm trying really hard. Like something I'm trying to do in my life is to always is to change my language, even around pretty what seem like harmless turns of phrases that uphold standards that I don't believe in. Like one of my big ones is, uh, what is it? Money talks, wealth whispers. That's fucking bullshit. And it's just upholding bullshit class standards that are not fucking real. And the fact that normal, non-rich people say these things is so silly. And I definitely used to say that. I definitely used to say that. And then I was like, why am I taking part in upholding these class standards? I don't actually believe that because I've been around those wealthy people. They're not whispering. They're just only talking to each other. It. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. So yeah, uh, Todd Chrisley and Julie, that's my absolute, completely unhinged, has nothing to do with anything on this podcast rant. But Todd Kersley and Julie were convicted, uh, I think, over the summer, and their sentencing This was this week, and Todd got 12 fucking years. That means he's going to do 10 and a half years, and Julie got seven. I They have two minor children. Uh, one is their granddaughter, who they've had custody of, like, her whole life. I don't think they've adopted her, but they ha- they've been her legal guardians forever. And a 16-year-old son, which is obviously sad for their children, uh... And I don't know if I think that people who commit white collar crimes should be going away for that long. And yes, he got more than Josh Duggar did or the same as Josh Duggar. And that's fucked up. Uh, This is not necessarily this is not a commentary on like what I think uh, criminal like what I think prison sentences should be. I can't get into that. I'm not like educated enough myself to make a comment on that. But what I can say is that's fucking wild and that's a lot of fucking time. And Lindsay, who had been estranged from uh, Todd and Julie, Julie's not her mom, but had been estranged from Todd and Julie for many years, uh, is like now back in the family fold. And my understanding is she's not really talking about it on the podcast, which like, go fuck yourself. So Kale has (laughs) 28 minutes later, we're back to this. I get that Kale's podcast is talking about her life and that this podcast is how she supports her family and supports herself. But at the same time, it's like if the father of your child who you have a contemptuous relationship with is, like, offering to make your relationship together better if you would, like, follow some of his boundaries... I think you should probably respect them, but I also know it's easier for me to be like, yeah, if somebody was like, don't fucking mention me on your podcast, I wouldn't because I talk about reality TV. I'm not, I talk about my life on here, but not really. Like, this is not a show about my personal life, right? So I, I, I don't know exactly where I stand on that on the Kale talking about hobby thing, but the fact that her response to Lincoln, who is... Now, old enough to be hyper aware of his parents back and forth and the nature of their relationship. The fact that he expressed like being upset about it and Kale's response was basically that's none of your business. Focus on football is fucking insane. Kale, what the fuck are you talking about? What? She goes, unfortunately, that's between me and your dad. And you need to focus on you. Okay, you need to focus on you. First of all, what does that mean? He is a child. You and his father are him. (laughs) He is 10 years old, right? Isn't Lincoln around 10? Like he, you and your, you and Javi are his life. To be like, you need to focus on yourself. No, his whole world revolves around the two of you. What are you talking about? You are a family unit. And telling a kid that they need to like, there's a, I do think it's appropriate to tell kids to like mind their business about certain things. Like, I know when my uh, best friend and I are talking, sometimes like a niece will like pop up on us and then ask. And we're like, no, this is not your business. But we're not talking about like their feelings on their relationship between their parents, right? Like, we're just talking shit about some shit that the kids don't need to hear. That's really not their business. I am a big believer that kids should stay out of grown people's business. I really, I do believe that. And I think a big part of that is that parents need to, like, stop including kids in grown people's business. Like, they don't, kids don't need that burden. But if a child is clearly in grown people's business because he's so aware of what's going on between Kale and Javi, then you need to take the time to, one, fix it, fucking fix that shit. And two, like, let him express it and talk to him and have him understand. And like, telling a child to focus on football is crazy, first of all. That's, he is a child. Stop. First of all, stop letting your fucking kids play football. Let's, as somebody who watches Eagles every fucking week, who, by the way, are nine and one. Even though they're kind of trash, but you know that's fun. Um, at, football's bad. I'm a hypocrite. I'm nothing if not a hypocrite. That's the tagline of this podcast. Uh, but football's bad, so that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but telling your child to like not worry about his parents' relationship is so cold. It's so cold, and the fact that Kale has the awareness to talk about this on her podcast and be like, yeah, that's fucked up, right? Like, ooh, I don't really know what to do about that. But to not actually address it with Lincoln in any healthy way, that's what's so fucking frustrating about Kale. It's what's so frustrating because she's like, yeah, this sucks. Like, I just don't know what to do. And it's like, figure it out. <laughs> if one of the ways to help this is to stop talking about it on your podcast, then, girl, stop talking about it on your podcast, I'm sure you have plenty of other shit that you can talk about. Oh, gosh. Reality TV is really bad for kids. (laughs) Hey, guys, I have something important to say. Putting your kids on reality TV is really bad. (laughs) I love that on TikTok, like, there's this whole movement of, like, kids shouldn't be online, which... I don't disagree with as a principle but I it always makes me laugh because what have I been saying since the first episode of this podcast is that we can't talk about the ethics of teen mom and that's how I feel about like all kids in entertainment via social media are acting it's like we can't talk about that we can't talk about the ethics of that <laughs> it's not good or else we have to stop consuming all of this media and I am absolutely part of the problem okay I am aware I can say I don't want kids on social media and then Every fucking account I follow seems to have a child involved in it. I'm a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> oh, Kale. It's just, it's so, it's so wild watching Kale constantly identify problems and be, then be like, yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? And it's like something. You're going to do something. You have the ability to do something. You have resources. You have time. You have kind of the self-awareness, so figure it out. Okay, let's take a quick break and then we will talk about the episodes. Okay, so how are we feeling about Teen Mom, the next chapter? I'm feeling fine about it. I, it's not bad. I, I don't think it's, Worse than Teen Mom OG or Teen Mom Two have been for the last how many years? Uh, I don't think it's better necessarily. I'm not sure why we're getting so much Macy. <laughs> Macy the political evangelist this season isn't that weird? Like, I know I said that, I was like it's good we're talking about politics and I still do believe that, but now we're laying it on like really really thick and. Every single episode of Macy's is going to be, like, an after-school special. That's, it's a little much. It's just a little, it's a little too much for me, personally. Especially because Macy, I mean, I get why they're doing it with Macy. They're doing it with Macy because she's so fucking boring. And because she's so just basic. I fucking hate the word basic. I really do. I think it's just not funny, basically. Like. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. It feels very played out, but she is very basic. Bland is a better word. She's very bland in a way that I think makes her talking about politics more acceptable to the average viewer. And like I said before, if her talking about racism, like, changes one fucking person's mind, then that's good, right? Like, that's a net good. But as a viewer, I'm like, where's Ryan and Mackenzie? (laughs) Why don't they, in contrast, get their racist asses on to be awful? And then Macy can scream at them for being racist. That would be fun. That would be fun. And I know you're like, are Ryan and Ma- Mackenzie racist? Yeah, the answer is yes. They're like hardcore Trumpers. I'm sure they fly a Confederate flag proudly. Like, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Well, I mean, anyway, if you support Trump, you're racist. Full stop. Oh no, Liz, controversial opinion, who could have ever guessed that I felt that way? You would be shocked. You would be shocked at some of the messages I get. People act truly brand new. Anyway, I would love to see Macy and Ryan scream about this at each other. I would love it. Do I need to watch Macy give a lesson to the children about we're all the same on the inside? No, I not really. <laughs> I don't really need that. Um, I also think that, like, the gun control stuff was a lot more, I don't know, like, the gun control stuff, the abortion stuff, like, really drove home the point a lot better than this week, I think, where they call in Macy's person of color friend to do this. I mean, when is the last time she's had a sit down just with Raj? Raj it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And they're like, well, we need Macy to talk about racism with someone. And I will say like Macy's always had for, for for Macy, I think she's always had a pretty diverse friend group from what I remember. But to just pull in like her best friend who's Indian and they're like, talk to Raj about racism. It doesn't really do it for me. Uh, it feels very obvious. Also, were those Raj's children at Macy's house? They didn't get any sort of like uh, Chiron underneath that I saw. I actually rewound because I was like, did I miss them identifying who these two children are? But they showed Jada Maverick, Macy's kids, but then didn't say who they were. And they looked like they could be Raj's kids, but I don't, I didn't know he had kids. I I mean, but I also don't follow him on social media. I could probably figure this out really quick. Okay, now, it doesn't look like he has kids, but he does have two nephews that would be around the right age. Um, So maybe they were his nephews. I don't know, but there were two random children in the house. But basically, for Macy, they have her go out to lunch with Raj, and they talk about the team mom trip. And she's like, well, you know, there are Confederate flags everywhere. And Raj was just kind of like, yeah, okay, like that's normal for us. And Macy's like, I know, it's not great. Which I said that when we talked about this episode that I'm pretty sure that was normal for Macy to like be in that type of situation. But basically, they talked about how Macy can never fully understand uh, as a white person, what her friends of color are going through and what Cheyenne as a black woman is going through and what Raj as a... I believe Indian American, I'm not 100% sure, is going through. Um, Yeah, she just won't know. Raj Hawks about how, you know, these situations happen all the time. And usually he just kind of like ignores it and doesn't let it ruin his day. But he says that with their conservative friends, he is always fighting with them. And they tell him to stop and he says he won't. And I'm like, how many conservative friends do they have? But once again, I don't know. They live in the South. I don't know what it's like in Chattanooga. it could be a super liberal city. I honestly have no idea. Uh, I don't love when people act like everybody in the South is conservative because that's not true whatsoever. But I don't know like what the area they live in is like. So maybe it's just the area that they live in. Um, But yeah, I like it was fine, right? The conversation was fine. It was fine. I just am like, this is a little on the nose that they're having Macy call up her one friend of color that we know from the show and like having him go talk about what Cheyenne went through in Florida yeah and so then they go back to the house and (laughs) she's like all right kids we're gonna play a game and Maverick and Jade and are playing the game Bentley sitting on the couch and the two unidentified children at least as far as I could tell they were unidentified they have them like pull out different markers and they're like, aren't all of these colors so pretty? <laughs> because people can be different colors and they can be all the same. Like, basically just doing like child level appropriate, I guess. I-, I don't know if this was like a good lesson. It leaned a little bit on colorblind for me, but also they're young, right? Like Jade's only six or seven. um. So I'm not really sure like what this six or seven-year-old appropriate conversation around racism is, so I won't judge them too harshly for this. I know, can you believe it? I'm not judging somebody harshly. It's very out of character for me. I just, that's like so out of my understanding of the way that you talk to children. I've just never been in that situation. Uh, They had them like bite into M&Ms and they're like, this M&M is yellow. This M&M is red. But what is the color on the inside And they're like, it's the same, though. I will say, Jade, they were like, and, you know, when kids get bullied, you have to stand up for them. And Jade, like, straight up says, this is how she says, you never judge them by their skin color. And I was like, great. (laughs) Like, Raj was like, wow, I'm actually really impressed with, like, how she articulated that. And I was, too. I, to me, that spoke highly of macy and taylor and whatever uh jade is getting at school because it didn't seem like she was just hearing this for the first time like she knew exactly what they're talking about she knew what we were getting at she knew what this lesson was about this was a repeat for her and i think that's great um yeah it just it's like i don't know are macy and taylor the people that we need educating us on how to talk to our children about race probably not (laughs) And I don't think Macy subscribes to a colorblind thing. I really don't, especially based on, like, everything she said to Cheyenne and what she was saying in this episode. But I don't, I, I just don't know. I, I don't have experience talking to six-year-olds about race, so I'm not going to pretend like I do know. So that's it for Macy this week. I mean, get the Edwards on, you know, like, let's, con- let's confront some real shit. Let's get them in a room fighting. Let's have Macy call them out on all their bullshit and call Ryan a fucking piece of shit loser. I am I miss that piece of shit loser. I wa- I miss Mackenzie justifying being with that piece of shit loser. They really added a lot of spice. And MTV should bring them back if they're going to do another season of Teen Mom Next Chapter, which I think they are. Why wouldn't they? As I said before, like, I, I don't know. People bring up the ratings and I'm like, I don't think they matter. <laughs> I personally don't think MTV really cares about that because this show hasn't had good ratings for six years, and here we are. We're all still here. We know that they're doing more of these Teen Mom family reunion things, so I, I don't see why they wouldn't keep doing Teen Mom Next Chapter. I think it's incredibly cheap for them to film. I don't think they have much going on. I think as long as MTV exists, we will be still getting Teen Mom in some form. All right, let's pop on over to Jade, who is looking for a wen- wedding venue and talking with Sean about how he needs to get a job. And I was kind of surprised to hear he didn't have a job. I mean, was I really surprised? No. Also, like, his job is being on MTV, but I don't think Jade and Sean make that much from MTV. My understanding is they really don't make that much from MTV, so I... I was like, he's been home for a while, right? Like, by that point, he had been home for six, seven, eight months, a year. When did he get home from treatment? Was it last year? I honestly, it's all such a blur. But he's been home for a while. And I'm like, Sean needs a job, not just like for the purpose of money, which I'm sure is true, but I think he just needs like the regularity of going to a job every day. The responsibility of having a job is really good for people in early recovery, usually. Like, it's good to have that regular schedule of going to your job every day and making money. And I I mean, I know I just said this show's going to be on forever, but, like, I think someone like Sean is not going to be making money from MTV forever. And <laughs> he needs to acquire some skills, you know. Or if he's not going to school, he should go to, col- like, community college or to some sort of tech school. Like, figure some shit out. The same reason that I'm like Bar should have a job is this how I feel about Sean. Uh Sean is supposedly applying to jobs. I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious what Sean's arrest history looks like. Has he been arrested? Off the top of my head I would say no, but that doesn't mean that's true. But Sean Sean should have a job. Jade is obviously the primary breadwinner in their family, which is fine. Sean does not need to bring in the same amount of money. But I also think that that is going to be huge. That's another reason he needs to work because Jade doesn't like that. She doesn't like being. I think she's okay. I think she's fine being the primary breadwinner, right? Like, I think Jade is very much someone who is like, I am providing for myself and my daughter no matter what. I'm doing what I need to do. I want to make as much money as fucking possible and I'm going to make as much money as possible. I definitely think that's Jade's M.O., but I think she's going to get really resentful of Sean if he continues to not work, even if he's getting paid by MTV. Like I, Jade is one of those people that works, right? Like she's always worked the whole time that she's been on this fucking show. She's never not had a job. Sometimes she has two jobs and I guess Sean probably stays home with Chloe. Would be my guess, which is obviously very valuable, and not having to put uh, Chloe in daycare would be great. But like, Chloe's going to be in kindergarten soon, and I think Jade is going to get real, real resentful of being like the only person who's really paying these bills. I mean, I mean, she's about to pay for this wedding out of pocket. Although I think they're going to get a lot of stuff sponsored. You, like, if you are a venue in Indianapolis and someone comes to you and is like, hey, for a 50% discount, we're going to put your fucking venue on MTV. Yeah. I don't think MTV pays for these weddings, but I do think that they get, like, major discounts from the vendors because what an opportunity, right? Like, you're going to get to be on TV. You're going to be seen by so many more people. Even being tagged in Jade's Instagram photos is really good publicity, Uh, She goes and looks at a venue that she picks, and it's really pretty. I really liked it. The outside where they have, like, the weddings, it had beautiful greenery. I thought it was really nice. I was happy for them that they picked this place, although Jade straight up says, like, I'm paying for this. (laughs) And I was like, okay, 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 okay. We do get a weird scene of Sean calling Zach to FaceTime. Well, he FaceTimes him. To talk about weddings. And I'm like. What? <laughs> why are we doing this? They're all calling each other all the time. Besides their little fake Instagram lives. They're always calling each other. For what? For what are we calling? Why? Why are we doing that? Who? Who? Why do we need to see Sean and Zach speaking? I don't care. I don't care what either of them have to say about a fucking wedding that I know they both are going to have very little part of planning. No, I mean, at least like Jade talking to Cheyenne about planning a wedding makes a little more sense. But like why the men need to be constantly calling each other, I'm not quite sure. It's a little much. We could cut those, I think. I also I did notice when Sean calls Zach, he like sits down in front of thousands of dollars worth of recording equipment. Because remember, Sean fancies himself to be a producer. <laughs> he had a setup, up though. I don't know that much about recording equipment, but everything looked nice as fuck. And I know recording equipment is expensive. And I was like, oh, well, he doesn't have a job, but <laughs> he does have this recording equipment. <laughs> oh gosh. So, I mean, they're going to get married. I think they will get married. Um, especially once Jade puts down that deposit, like they're not backing out. And I think Jade's putting down deposits. They're planning on getting married in October of 2023. And I think they'll make it. Do I think they might break up one time before the wedding? Yes. Do I think they'll still get married even if Sean relapses? Probably because why wouldn't they? You know, why wouldn't they? Okay, let's pop on over to Amber, who is going to California to see James for the first time in California. Uh, She lets us know that she's going to go to California this time. And then Andrew brings James to Indiana. I need to double check. Did it say who pays for James going to Indiana? Does she have to pay for that too? Amber's paying a lot of money. She's paying a lot of money, but at the same time, she makes a lot of money. But I feel like Andrew should have to pay to bring him there. Like, Andrew's the one that wanted to leave. So he should have to pay for James to go to Indiana. I don't think he should have to pay for Amber to go to California. But I do think the parent that moves has to be responsible for some of the travel expenses. And like I said, Amber's actually getting more time with James than she was before. Because he's going to, Andrew's going to fly him to Indiana. And then she's going to get to spend, like, I think, two nights with him. So three days and two nights, which is longer than she ever had on their old parenting plan. And I believe it's the same amount of time in California as well. Uh, she goes to California and uh, rents this house in Santa Barbara, which my understanding Santa Barbara and Malibu are not that close to one another. Like, isn't Santa Barbara like an hour away? But I also have no idea. I've never been to Santa Barbara. A fun fact, Cousin Julia was born in Santa Barbara and lived there until she was five, but I never went and visited there. Julia and I didn't actually meet until we were like five and six because she lived in California. And then we met for the first time at the airport. Um, and like my first real memory of her though is outside our beach house running up and down the sidewalks. (laughs) Um, but I've never been to Santa Barbara. I don't really know how far away it is, but I figured she would be close to James, um, but I guess she probably doesn't care. Andrew has to get him there. She facetimes with Caitlin and lets him know, lets her know that she's going to invite Andrew in to like do some grilling and hang out and they can go in the pool. And she just is like, look, we're gonna have to co-parent. Um, I think it's good for us to like get onto good terms. And I think I agree with this. Um well, one, I worry that Amber would want to be back with Andrew. And I I know. That doesn't make any sense logically, but I don't think this is a logical position. Like, I, I'm i not coming from this out of logic. I worry about Amber being around men that she's had relationships with in general. I just don't think she's, like, healthy enough to shut Andrew down if he starts to show her attention. You know, like, I, I just don't think she is. Now, do I think Andrew would show her attention? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. By the way, Andrew was, had somebody tell the Ashley or whoever that he didn't leave the house like that. It was set up to make him look bad. And I'm like, okay, but that outside of that home had not been taken care of in two years. That shit was so overgrown. It looked so bad that even if you didn't leave the inside that bad, like, you clearly were not taking care of this home, right? Like, you clearly were not doing any yard work. And to me, that is an indicator that, like, you were probably not taking care of the inside of your home either. And I I know that's not necessarily 100% true because I would hate to do any yard work and I would, I don't mind cleaning up inside my house, but I truly can't imagine ever doing yard work in my life, honestly. <laughs> Simply not for me. But I do think that, like, if, if I was in that position, I mean, the reason I want to live in, like, a condo so I don't have to do that uh, or a townhouse... But I would definitely pay somebody to at least keep it like, okay, like a kid in the neighborhood to mow the lawn and like somebody to come out and cut the trees once a year, you know, trim the tree. Like he's not even doing the bare minimum of taking care of the outside of the house. So I don't I don't think that lends him a lot of credibility to the inside of the house being taken care of well. But Caitlin is all for this. She's like, you guys are going to have to co-parent. Remember, the restraining order has been lifted. I don't know. Andrew has been obviously, like, very litigious when it comes to Amber and the custody case. And he has been, he has filed many motions and made a lot of accusations against her. And while I think Andrew is a fucking loser, um, I do remember that Amber is an abuser with pretty serious mental health issues that she doesn't treat, really. Uh, so I I do think that Andrew is looking out for the best interests of his child occasionally. You know who they really remind me of in some ways? I mean, the money is flipped, but Thomas Ravenel and Catherine Dennis from Southern Charm, they in many ways remind me of that because they're both so bad. <laughs> And I just want those children to be taken care of, right? And, like, I'm not sure either option is better. Uh, In that case, Thomas has more money and he's really able to use it in the court. But Catherine, as far as I know, doesn't have custody of those kids. And I think it's kind of similar in that, like, they maybe are better with Thomas, even though Thomas is like a rapist monster, but Catherine is like super unstable and uh, like there have been multiple instances of her kids getting out and her doing drugs in front of the kids. But is Thomas doing drugs in front of the kid? Like, that's how I feel with Amber and Andrew. I'm like, I can talk myself into believing that being with Andrew is better for James, but then I can easily come back around to Amber's side. I think that they, neither one of them seems to be very good at parenting. You know, they both seem to have it. Both seem to have issues. Although I do. I mean, the court is siding with Andrew almost every single time. So there's something, you know, <laughs> there's something. Uh, but yes, Kate thinks it's a good idea. Amber has crazy nails. They are fully square, which I'm sorry if you have square nails. I hate square nails. I can't. Um. Although I'm extremely susceptible to trends. So if square nails really come back in, uh, catch me in two years with them and being like, I hate almond shaped nails. I hate oval nails. I can't believe I ever worn them. I won't pretend like I'm above trends because I'm absolutely not. Um, I do, I'm a nail person. Like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if you know that about me, but since moving back to Pennsylvania, I get my nails done. My nails are always done. It's like a simple pleasure in my life. I started recently getting like extensions for the first time and I fucking am obsessed with them and I stare at my nails all day long. Although my Murphy's Law is that like I never 100% like my nails. <laughs> Every time I leave the nail salon, I like look at them again and I'm like, fuck. I should have done it a little differently. I should have had them do it a little differently. Um, And yet I never do. (laughs) In the salon, I'm like, yeah, I love it. Because I genuinely think I do. And then I get out and it's a whole thing. But uh, Amber's nails are hideous. They have like an evil eye in the middle and like lines and they're square and they're such an odd length and they're just no good. I mean... If Amber had something that looked good, I'd be questioning things, you know, like Amber has bad taste and that's a constant in my life. And I need that to stay a constant in my life. (laughs) I really, really do. Uh, Amber calls Gary and lets Gary know of this plan. And Gary's like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, well, we're gonna have to co-parent and you know, me and you, things are so good with us and I want things to be good with them. And he's like. Amber, this is really stupid. You know, he does bring up, like, well, he filmed you in the past. But then I kind of LOL because they show, you know, the film, the footage that Andrew filmed. And it's Amber, like, screaming, I'm going to kill you. You know, (laughs) Like, yeah, he did film her, but she also did abuse him and she did punch him in the face and she did go after him with a machete and she did, you know, she did do these things. These things were done. (laughs) They did happen. So once again, I'm back to that, like, should Andrew have been filming? No, Do I think that Amber didn't really know he was filming? That I'm not so sure of. I'm sorry. Cookie is going crazy. Somebody has probably dared to walk in front of our front door, which is illegal in Cookie's world, but unfortunately not illegal in the rest of this world. You know, Cookie has laws that the rest of us do not obey by, and that really upsets her. And as president of Cookie World, she needs us to obey those laws, which is I'm not allowed to leave the home. Uh, my stepdad's not allowed to leave the home. She doesn't bark as much when my mom leaves the home. Literally, as soon as I pick up my keys, she starts barking. These are some of her rules. It's really fucking annoying. This, I'm telling you, this dog is so well-behaved in everything else. She does not go to the bathroom in the house. She doesn't chew things. She's not really jumpy. Like, she's, she behaves in every other way, but they never trained her with the barking. It's really annoying. Uh, Gary's just like, I don't like this. I think he's a snake, basically. And Amber's like, huh, okay. (laughs) He's like, look, I'm just worried that he's going to get something else on you, which I think is a reasonable concern. Um, my argument, though, would be that if Amber behaves, there's nothing really that Andrew can get out of her. But then at the same time, um, I think I would say, Amber, you don't necessarily have, like, the faculties to always be on your best behavior, right? Like, you know that about yourself. We know that about you. So maybe don't put yourself in precarious situations. And I think one of those situations would be hanging out with Andrew. And I'm not sure how important it is for little James to see the two of you hanging out. Do I think eventually it would be good if the two of you are in a good place, yes, but I don't think Andrew has the same motivations that Gary has, right? Like, I think, well, first of all, we know he doesn't because Gary has a motivation of filming this fucking show, (laughs) being on this fucking TV show, which involves him seeing Amber, right? Like, he's not on this fucking show unless he sees Amber. Andrew's not on the show. He doesn't care to be on the show from what we can tell. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I I have to assume MTV has offered him a spot on this television show. Uh, It would be crazy if they didn't. And he doesn't seem to have interest in being on this show. He doesn't film. So I do think he has maybe some different motivations than Gary. But I think Gary is really, I've always thought this, right? That Gary values having Amber and Leah's life maybe over Leah's best interests at times. And I don't think Andrew does that with James. Um, And I don't know which one is better. (laughs) I'm not sure because Leah and Amber do seem to be in a much better place. So maybe it's good that Gary pushed through and persevered and that he gave like Amber the opportunity to heal with Leah. But at the same time, what if something goes wrong again, right? And Leah gets really hurt by Amber again. So I'm not I'm not. I'm not sure, which I think is better, but I do think I agree with Gary that, like, at this time, it's only been a few years since you and Andrew had your blow up, right? It's really only been, like, three years since then. You just went through this really contentious custody battle in which he accused you of smoking meth. <laughs> you accuse him of, like, taking James out of state when he wasn't allowed to, like, The two of you fucking sparred, right? You went back and forth. You are so angry at him still. She's so angry at Andrew that I'm like, why would you put yourself in this situation in which something bad could happen? I don't think Amber is healthy enough to like turn around and let Andrew make a side remark right like if andrew says something to her i think she's going to go off on him and amber's the one with something to lose not andrew Real, from what we've seen andrew's one every time right he hasn't gotten exactly what he asked for cuz he asked for some unreasonable shit like i think he he wanted amber to be able to see james like every other day but like in california <laughs> like some some really ridiculous custody schedules what he was asking for but he got to move And he has full primary and physical, like, full legal and physical custody over James. The only thing he has to do is let Amber have visits and, like, consider talking to her before major, like, life decisions are made for James. But it's also, like, really vague wording. So I'm not even sure if he really has to. He's going to make every decision for James. So if somebody that you know triggers you, that you have a violent history with, That you say has set you up. I don't think I personally believe that. I think Andrew was a victim of Amber's. But Amber says, like, she's a victim of his and that this is all happening because of him. So you are still so angry at him. You have to give him a ton of money you don't think you should have to. You're traveling. You don't like to travel. Just the millions of things that are still there. I don't think hanging out with him is smart. And I think that's basically what Gary's saying. And that also is like the other thing. Like Gary has never had the motivation of like fucking Amber over. He really hasn't. He's wanted to have full custody, which he got, right? Do they have, do he and Amber have joint legal custody? I'd have to double check that. But he's had primary custody of Leah for a very long time He's never really taken Amber back to court, as far as we can tell, since the Matt days, right? It's been so long since he's taken Amber back to court. And I think that, like, he is uninterested in, like, catching Amber in a lie or having these sort of consequences because he just is like, okay, then we're not going to talk to Amber for a little bit. But he knows that Andrew, like, if Amber does something wrong in front of Andrew, like, he's going to be going... And modifying custody again, and asking back for supervised visits because she's unsupervised visits right now. So yeah, it. You it, when you are in a high conflict divorce, and you are a person that is not that stable, you should really be putting like stability and distance between you and your co-parent. Right, like talk through that fucking Family Wizard app. You don't need to be texting. You don't need to be grilling. You don't need to be swimming. Just keep it like as minimal as possible, at least until you're not so angry. Because I can see Andrew saying one thing and Amber flipping, right? Like flipping. I fucking heard those voicemails or just the phone call she had with Ashley where she screamed, I'm going to decimate you or decapitate you, whatever she fucking said, and was screaming at her. Um, if Andrew gets a call like that, he's going to court to ask for supervised visits, and he might get it because of her history. So I don't think Amber is making the best decisions. I think Amber is unfortunately thinking of herself in a healthy position with a healthy co-parent, and she doesn't have that. And I think she's convinced herself because she can do it with Gary. She can do it with Andrew. But she's just not considering how different Andrew is from Gary, right? That she's not considering it and she needs to be considering it. And I'm glad that Gary brought that up. Although I'm not sure she took it to heart. We'll see, I guess, going forward. Amber, you need to make better decisions. Okay, uh, Kate and Tyler have a super boring segment basically they've been together for 16 years and so they go out on a date they like have a a weekend trip away and they have their friend amber babysit that's really it i mean look (laughs) is it worth celebrating um that you've been together for 16 years yes of course they seem to be in a really good place But, like, I'm not going to applaud people for staying together that maybe shouldn't have stayed together. You know? I don't think we need to be like, oh, my God, over that. (laughs) Let's talk about Leah, who was featured in both episodes. And it is, it's like watching a car crash. MTV must be so mad that this blew up so quickly. Like, (laughs) watching this, first of all, Jalen, knowing that he cheats on her or whatever, makes all of this so hard to watch. He is so phony and fake. Oh, gosh. It's, thank God, thank God they did this before they had kids, that they broke up before they had kids. Because we find out in this episode, she's fucking trying for kids. I didn't realize that they were, like, trying, trying. I thought she was still in the, like, maybe we're going to try. Uh, The first episode is Corey and the girls talking about Jalen and then Leah and Jalen are talking about abortion being illegal in West Virginia and how she needs to talk to the girls about it. So she sits the girls down and talks about it. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that's good. Once again, like, okay, that's good. There's nothing really to say about it. In the second episode... They are like talking about how their relationship is evolving so much and how their families are really blending together. And Jalen's like, yeah, Corey and I text frequently. We get along so well and we get a scene of Jalen and Corey at the driving range. And like, you know, they're just talking about how great things are and how Jalen is so great for Leah. And Corey tells or Jalen tells Corey that he's going to propose to her on their upcoming trip to Costa Rica. And Corey is like, oh, my God. That's so exciting. So excited about it. I like cannot believe that Jalen was not able to hold this shit together until a wedding. That is really, it's just shocking to me how fast this deteriorated. Like they are filming this and they're broken up a month later. That's crazy. Or like two months later. These scenes are a little weird because I'm pretty sure they, I mean, I know they go to Costa Rica and get engaged in August, but the West Virginia abortion ban, I looked it up, was September 15th. Um, So that was definitely filmed like after they were already engaged. And I believe Cheyenne's wedding was the last weekend in September. And then they're broken up like the first weekend or the first week in October, like within a few days of the wedding, they were broken up. <laughs> Jalen, that is messy. That is so messy. He couldn't even get like a year of being engaged. They couldn't even plan a wedding. Uh, Jalen tells Leah that they're going to go to Costa Rica for the anniversary. He's already booked the flights. She's so excited. And she's like, when we're there, we can really try. And he's like, we've already been trying. And she's like, no, but we can, like, really try there. And they talk about how special it would be if they conceive their baby in Costa Rica because it's so special to them. Are you kidding me? Leah. Leah is so fucking lucky. Oh, my God. She is so lucky that she did not have a baby with this man. And is not trapped by him for the rest of her life. Leah, use your brain. Pick better. I mean, I know he like frauded her. Basically, he essentially committed fraud. I get that. I don't blame her for like falling for him. But the fact that before they're even engaged, very soon after living together, they're trying for a baby, like slow it down. Just slow it down. And I said this before, like, I don't think getting engaged after a year for somebody in their 30s is crazy. I really don't. And honestly, for a lot of people, I don't think having a baby after you've been together for like a year and a half in your 30s is crazy. Like, you know, time's ticking. But when you already have three kids, you have a history of making bad choices. Like, it's all relative, right? There's like, it's all about the context of your life. And for Leah, it's crazy. It's a bad decision. If you're somebody that doesn't have a track record of making terrible choices when it comes to relationships and kids and (laughs) that type of stuff, it's different. It just is. Oh, gosh! Jalen tells Leah he has a trip to d c for work, but really, he goes to New York to get the ring. Um, They're still trying to make us think that he got a six carat ring, a total of six carats, four point seven in the middle. His friend is with him in like all the People magazine pictures from this, but he looks alone in the filming, which I found kind of interesting. Uh, They film him, like, at the jeweler, and the jeweler's like, well, do you know what she likes? And he goes, you know, she's kind of like me. She looks good in everything. (laughs) What? That is such a bizarre way to describe your fiancé. Like, not that she looks good in everything. That's a nice way to start it with, she's like me, everything looks good on her. Jalen what? First of all, that's not true about you because you have terrible style and you don't know how to like wear fitting a, like a, a well-tailored outfit to save your life. Nothing ever looks like it fits correctly on you. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about when it comes to everything is looking great on you because that's not a factual statement. It's just not. But it's a weird, weird, weird thing to say. When somebody asks you about your fiancé and you start it with a compliment towards yourself. <laughs> oh, gosh. um, I think that this ring is probably lab made, which is fine. It's actually better, right? Diamonds made from the lab are better because they don't have to kill people to do it. Blood diamonds are bad. The diamond industry is bullshit in general. I support getting uh, lab-grown diamonds or even better, probably what is it, mesonite? Whatever the one, not cubic zirconia, but whatever the, the stone that looks like diamonds, uh, and is, like, significantly cheaper, go for that. But I do have, look, are lab diamonds and blood diamonds exactly the same? Yes. Am I now, like, playing into the bullshit class stuff that I was ranting against earlier in this episode? Yes. But I do I do think that we all understand that they are different socially like we accept a lab grown diamond and a blood diamond differently we just do and i think that if you are going on tv and bragging about the size of the diamond what you're doing is that you're implying you paid a certain price for it right and i don't like when people lie about that i just i don't like when people like try and flex with a lie i like, a, a six-carat diamond ring, I mean, I guess if it's a shitty quality, it can be cheaper, but, like, that's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money for a, a blood diamond. Like, can be up in the hundreds of thousands, right? Uh He wants us to think that he paid thousand, like, tens of thousands of dollars for it when it's probably closer to $10,000, which is still so much fucking money to spend on one ring i'm not like i just want to be very clear i'm not shitting on well i didn't really i don't like the ring i don't love like the halo thing that they had going on it's just not really my taste uh it looked actually very dated it looked very like 2015 2016 which once again if you got your ring in 2015 or 2016 it looks like that it's fine i'm very susceptible to trends that's why i don't like those rings that much anymore because i like the new trend of the solitary diamond (laughs) because I am somebody who is influenced. Uh, But I think that if you're, like, gonna get a ring, it makes sense. I don't know. It doesn't matter if it's trendy or not. What I'm saying doesn't, it doesn't matter. But I just didn't, I didn't love the ring. I, it's pretty, like, objectively, it's a pretty ring, but I wouldn't want it for myself. Actually, I don't really think I'd ever, I've never really wanted a diamond. Um although let me tell you my friend that listens to this podcast KP my friend KP got engaged and got a fucking huge rock that's so pretty and that was one of the first times I was like oh maybe I do like diamond rings <laughs> cuz that thing is fucking gorgeous KP Mazeltov I'm so happy for you uh I know well Do you still listen? I guess I'll see if KP still listens to this. (laughs) I know she listens to the Patreon still, um, but I go in and out of listening to podcasts. So it's like I I don't expect anybody to listen to this podcast because I don't like even my friends that I love. Like I will go in and out with listening to their podcast because it's just the nature of listening to podcasts. Right. You need breaks sometimes. Sometimes I don't listen to any podcasts and I only listen to audiobooks. Sometimes I don't listen to any audiobooks and I only listen to podcasts. It's just all my mood of the month or whatever. Uh, but KP got a beautiful ring. But my thing is, it's just like, I just don't like people lying and being fake. And I think that there is a fakeness that if you spent $10,000 on a ring, That's so much fucking money, and you can just be honest about that. You don't need to imply that you spent fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars on a ring, right? Like, it's just kind of lame. It's lame, and that's kind of Jalen. Jalen is that person that like gets the lab grown diamond and spends ten k, but leaves that out and wants us to think he spent eighty k, right? And that's that's his problem. Also, spending that much money on a ring is fucking crazy. in either direction. Um, yeah, really, really crazy. By the way, I just did a little quick Google and I Googled four carat diamond price in my, like the ads, you know, pull up diamonds from James Allen, which is, I don't know anything about it, but it shows a four carat round lab grown diamond versus a four carat round diamond. And the lab grown one is $19,000, which is so fucking expensive. The blood diamond is a hundred (laughs) thousand dollars. That's just what I mean. <laughs> Google says on average, the cost of a four carat diamond ring, because he said the center stone was 4.7, but it was a total of six carats because it had like the halo in the band or whatever. $30,000 to 250000 or more. You know, it's just, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. And I find Jalen to be super fake. Um, and they go to Costa Rica next week, I guess, or whenever they're on the show again, we see them get engaged. LOL. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Oh, I want to talk about Bray, whose boyfriend Bobby comes. First of all, she's just like, can you come help me build furniture? I love that. I had a friend in Florida who was extremely beautiful, extremely beautiful. And her thing was (laughs) she lived in this big house. Uh, She had been married. She was a widow. It was actually really sad what happened. Um, But she and her son lived in like this big house that would always have maintenance problems. And she would just go on tinder and get a date and then ask him to fix the thing in her house and it always worked it's so funny she's like yeah everybody can do that i'm like babe no you can do that because you're incredibly pretty <laughs> like you live in a different world than i live in and i don't say that as like a drag on myself i just that's not my reality and that's totally fine but it was it really reminded me of that but Okay, so Bobby comes, her boyfriend. He definitely looks way older than Brie, but honestly, like, I like Bobby. It looks like she's breaking up with him in the next episode, which, yeah, we do know they broke up, right? The timing on these episodes is weird. First, I felt like we were so far behind. I'm assuming Shai's wedding is going to be the season finale, which was a month ago. So, well, I guess now, like, two months ago. I feel like we're all over the place with the timing on filming, is what I'm trying to say. But she gets Bobby to come. I have never seen Brie look so happy. If you watched the episode, tell me if you agree. Brie was laughing in a way that I swear to God we do not see Brie laugh. Like hysterically loud cackling. She was showing so much emotion, like happy emotion. I never see her emote that way. She's always like very stoic or like full of rage. Like it's rare that we see Brie very happy and I was like, wow, I think Brie really likes this guy. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that they have different, like, I just think it's obvious based on what they're talking about that they weren't going to work out long term. Because, well, one, good for Brie. She's having the girl stay at Roxanne's because she's like, I'm not ready to have Bobby meet them yet. I will say I think Brie's always been pretty good about that. Um, I, I mean, since... Lewis, Lewis. I know she had all twisted up with her life, but since Lewis, I think she's been pretty good at not having men like be her kids' surrogate dad and like be fully like a part of her family. Her kids eventually meet the guys that she's dating, but she hasn't moved her kids in with anybody since Lewis. Um, I mean, she never. Lewis kind of lived with them, but she's been good about that, especially compared to some of the other teen moms, cough, cough, Leah, right? Like, she really doesn't do what Leah does. Um, And I think part of that is that, honestly, I think a big part of it is that she doesn't need to because she has the support of her mom and her sister. So she doesn't feel like she needs to run out and get a partner to help her. Honestly, I do think that's a big part of it. But her and Bobby are discussing, like, when they can move to a different state and Bree like wants this to happen so quickly and he's like mm, there's that's gonna be a while they play this little card game like they get to know you cards which is so, <laughs> that is so not real life like MTV was like why don't you play this game um and he they talk about like living together before marriage and Bree's like yeah of course I would have to live together before marriage. Like, it'd be crazy to get married without living together. He's like, well, I don't really think you need to. I mean, I do think you need to spend a lot of time in each other's space, but I think it's fine to have independent space. They just seem to be on different pages, which makes sense because they're 20 years apart in age. (laughs) And I think Bobby is really thinking and acting like a 40-something, right? And Brie is really thinking and acting like a (laughs) 20-something, where she's like i want to move states and bobby's like well you know maybe one day like my life is in detroit bobby has kids like i i think that brie and him just like are not not in life stages but honestly i like bobby i think he's he seems pretty funny and he's good on camera honestly he's really relaxed he seems pretty authentic from what i can tell um and yeah brie seemed really happy around him in a way that I just have not seen. Okay. Um, Ashley is wearing the same sweatshirt as me, by the way, I'm wearing it right now. It's my favorite sweatshirt. I have it in two colors because it is the perfect home sweatshirt. It was from Target last year. Um, I'm really particular about the sweatshirts that I wear around the house. They need to be the exact right weight and these are the exact right weight. So I was glad to see that Ashley is a sister of me with the sweatshirt. Uh, one of my intern advisors also has them. <laughs> uh, the three, of, her and Ashley both just have the pink one. I have the blue one as well. And whenever I tell, like when I tell people that I see with that sweatshirt that I, because I it happens kind of regularly, I'm like, oh, I have the blue one too. They're like, oh my god, I wish I got in both colors. And I was like, I know, buy multiple colors when you like things. That's always my suggestion. But also, I'm I have a you know, a shopping thing, so maybe don't listen to me. Okay, they're flying to Ohio so that Barr can take his little sister, Yaz, who's in sixth grade now, to a father-daughter dance. And Shen is on her best behavior in this episode. Shen and Ashley are in a good place in this episode. I don't know where they are right now. It's really hard to keep up. Um It was nice. It was nice seeing Barr be there for her sister. I think that Yaz doesn't have like, an active dad in her life to do this type of stuff. Ashley is, like, you know, growing up, my dad wasn't always available. Like, he wouldn't show up for this stuff, and it was really hard, and I'm glad Barr can do that, and I agree. What are we doing with father-daughter dances? I I will never get them. I know it. they're constantly happening on this show. I never had a father-daughter dance in my entire life. It is not a thing around here unless, I don't know, maybe it's certain like, groups or organizations or churches or something it happens, but it's, like, just never been a thing in my life, and I don't understand why we're still doing such gendered shit in schools. How many kids at Yaz's school don't have an active dad or mom if they're doing, like, a mother? Like, why is it not parent-child dance? Not even parent. Adult-child dance, and I guess... (laughs) caregiver child dance. Like, cause not even every kid lives with parents. Like, it's just weird to me. It's like when people have family, still getting family tree assignments. It's like, stop doing those. Stop, Just don't because not every kid can do a family tree. Okay. We don't need to do those. Uh, by the way, at Thanksgiving, my uncle like pulled out this family tree that a relative of ours did in, like, the 70s. It's all handwritten. My dad scanned it in. But our oldest ancestor on there was from 1613 that I saw, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I mean, they're probably, like, my 20th great something. I'm going to put it on Ancestry, I think, even though I don't really care about genealogy. I bet, like, some fifth cousin will be really happy to see it. Although my dad and my uncle were like, I don't know. I don't really think our information should be in a database like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? What the fuck are you? What could <laughs> what could they possibly use that information for? <laughs> but I like would never if I was a teacher, I would never want to assign a family tree because you just you don't know or you do know you should be sensitive. And a father or daughter dance like there have to be a bunch of kids that don't have dads to take them to that. Or they do have dads, their dad work nights. Like it just, I don't understand the point of having activities that are so like ex like they exclude kids like from the jump, right? And if it is, any caregiver can bring it, just change the name of it. Have it be a family dance, right? That's the idea. Like the family dance or the household dance. Family is even hard. But like I think family dance is a lot better than than father-daughter dance. Um Yazzie is really cute but like just not into like the dress shopping and she hates everything and just very teenager um Chen kind of like forces her to try on some dresses and bars like mom you have to relax Ashley keeps doing this thing that I did not like in which she is like no Yaz you have to get dressed up this is the time to stunt on them bitches like you have to fuck them up make them jealous and I'm like what? Stop like stop telling an eleven year old girl that. Like, no, none of those things need to happen. The, the like why like you don't just because you feel competitive with other women in that way doesn't mean that Yazzy needs to feel competitive with other women in that way. But she looks so cute. Well, not women, Yazzy's a girl. But she looks so cute. Ashley does her hair and makeup and bar looks so good in his suit and it's like a little costume ball, so they have like the ma- or masquerade ball, so they have the masks it's a cute moment. It's a happy moment. I'm glad that Barr was in a place with his mom at that point in which they could do that. I don't know if they're always in that place, but I was glad for that. Okay, let's go on to Zach and Cheyenne. And I say Zach because the these two episodes were about Zach. Um, These Zach was the focus of these episodes for sure. We are finally talking about his DUI, which I don't think we've talked about yet on camera. They don't talk about the fact that he got arrested in the airport in front of everyone, which I wish they did. Because that's a big deal. I want to know how Cheyenne felt about that and how embarrassing it was. But they don't talk about that for some reason. But Zach's like, well, I just got off the phone with my lawyer. It's mandatory jail time. And as of the first episode, the court date is happening before the wedding. And I guess he's pleading guilty, so he's going to get the sentencing. And they're worried that, like, he's not going to be able to make the wedding. (laughs) They're, like, two months out from the wedding at this point, if that. Cheyenne is losing her fucking mind. Well, first, she's like, we need to go to lunch with my dad because my dad's the one that put his credit card down for all these deposits. And her dad is um, not pleased. He basically is like, well, we can't cancel the wedding, so I don't know what to tell you. But he is like, Zach, as long as you're doing better now, like, he didn't seem so mad at Zach, but I could tell he was annoyed. Why wouldn't you be? Cheyenne is upset. She's like, I don't understand. You, you fucked up. You made this mistake. Why you didn't deal with it before this doesn't make sense to me. I would be livid, first of all. Like, how dare you propose to me, right? And let me plan a wedding with you. Oh, and have a child with you. Before you have your shit together. I don't know what Cheyenne knew. I mean, Zach's criminal history is more extensive than this, we know. They're kind of just making it seem like it's just a DUI, but he's been in other trouble and like, not that long ago, but they're not really addressing it. We're just focusing on this DUI. I think this might have been his second DUI, which is why he has to do jail time. I'm not sure. Do you have to do jail time for your first DUI in California? I don't know. I would have to look it up. But Cheyenne definitely is like mad that he didn't deal with it, which I agree with, but I feel like she's not mad enough. But I guess at that point it's like, what do you do? <laughs> you're getting married, you're building a house together, you have a child together, she wants to be with him. Ugh, Cheyenne, just such a mess. Uh Cheyenne's also like, you know, you have a black son, like what kind of example are you setting for him? And her father agrees. And is like, you know, when Ace is 16 or 17, if he's acting like this, I'm going to come after you, not him. (laughs) She goes to lunch with a friend and like really vents. And I felt for her. And she's just basically like, this has been the worst year of my life. I finally felt like we were going to have something good. And now it might get canceled. And I can't like, I, I can't imagine being in this position. I really can't. But also at the same time, I feel like that arrest in the airport happened on like New Year's Day. Like, I feel like that shit was months and months and months ago. So, why did you continue going forward with planning this wedding with this man knowing he had court shit that was undecided? Like, you should have been in a meeting with him and his lawyer, like, the next day being like, okay, what's the deal? Like, what what does our life look like right now because of this? What's the deal? Like, what do I need to know? Because it doesn't seem like Cheyenne knows a lot. And... She's a little too old for that, you know? It's like, you're not 19. She's, what, like, 26, 27 at this point? Like, she's she's got to get it together with Zach. And I don't, I think that she was ignoring it as much as Zach was ignoring it, basically. They do get the news that the court date is pushed until after the wedding, which, I mean, I'm glad for them. It's a funny way to start your marriage. <laughs> I know he got sentenced to, like, three months, but only has to do, like, Two days of it or something. I think it actually he already went in and out, if I remember correctly. But yeah, Cheyenne, you had like nine months to make exact deal with this or to get some updates about pushing through. And so now a month before your wedding, you're acting completely shocked. This is happening. I don't totally get it. Cheyenne also has her bridal shower. It's really cute. She looks very happy. I love when Cheyenne and her family and friends get together and celebrate. I think that they're very fun. I love Cheyenne's mom. <laughs> every time Cheyenne's mom is on screen I'm happy uh and there's a funny moment of her like trying to pour champagne for the champagne tower thing like tower of glasses and it breaks <laughs> but they all look happy and they're having a great time and I guess the wedding's going to be soon so yeah that's it for me this week patreon.com slash Liz Explains if you want to hear more from me and I will talk to you again next week bye This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.